like a babe when it cries for its mother. Like a child, I was helpless alone. Then I met the Master. Now I am one of His own. For all things were changed when He found me. I had longed, I had searched for the light. Then I met the Master. Now I walk no more in the night. For all things were changed when He found me. A new day broke through all around me. morning. Tell your Bibles into the Joel chapter 2. Joel chapter 2. I actually have a story uh, about uh, my wife there uh, when we were dating, recording. Don't get offended by I said dating, but we were recording and uh, I would had just, we had graduated and I was back in Indiana with my pastor and I told him about you know the girl I was going to marry. Amen. And so uh, and I was telling her all about her, and, you know, she's a preacher's daughter, and, and just wonderful, and she's going to be a nurse, and all those things. I said, she can sing, too. And he said, well, you know, they all say that, you know, and I'm sure, you know, love is blind. I said, no, I have a recording. So I had recorded her singing, and I played it for her. He goes, wow, she really can sing. I said, so that was what, not the reason I married her, but one of the endearing uh, attributes of my wife. So thankful for uh, her love for good godly music, amen, and uh, just able to sing wonderfully, much better than I can. Uh, but Joel chapter 2 this morning, and so uh, there is something that we have that we're always running out of. I mentioned this a little bit. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, uh, we started in, uh, at least I started uh, finishing up the series that Brother Kincaid was teaching to the teenagers about time. And uh, we looked at for two weeks about time management, scheduling, and different things like that. And as an outgrowth of that, I began to think about some things and think about how do we spend our time. You know, it seems to be all the time that we hear uh, we're running out of time. Uh, Pastor, I just don't have time for this. We don't have time for this. Don't have time for this. And I was wondering and thinking about this, and this I'm not the first one to preach on this, uh, but Years ago, there seemed, there seemed to be enough time for your job, for your family, and the Lord. Amen. Now there doesn't seem to be enough time. What's going on? We're always running out of. And that's the commodity of time. There are 60 minutes in an hour, 24 hours in a day. 
How many hours in a week? Brother Eugene. 168 hours in a week. I actually didn't know that uh, before uh, doing that lesson because uh, you don't think of it that way. Uh, and 365 days in a year, you know, on average 30 days in a month, you know, we only have a certain amount of time. And with numbers like that, it can be easy for us to see the big picture. But what about the brief moments, the minutes, the hours? How do they affect this time? And many times they go unaccounted for. Today, we live in a technology-saturated environment. We'd all agree with that. I mean, 20 years ago, uh, a lot of the technology we have today, we didn't have Alexa 20 years ago, okay? We, didn't, we had uh, smartphones were just coming on the scene 15, 16 years ago. The iPhone was the first real smartphone, Blackberries. You know, how many remember typing on a Blackberry trying to do that? It's like the, you know, the size of an eraser trying to type on that. Uh, you know, speak when I gave that recording to, to my pastor and showed that to him, uh, it was actually my BlackBerry, okay? And that thing had the worst camera uh, in the world. But you could take videos with it. That was a smartphone. You know, now today, you know, people are professional photographers with just their, their iPhone, you know, 14 Pro Max with a, like the five cameras on it. And they take video. Oh, this is taken on my iPhone. I'm like, man, that's better than TV was 20 years ago, right? We live in a very, an age of progressing technology, cars that drive themselves pretty much, and uh, technology for every area of life to help you save time. And at times it does, but at other times, technology also can waste our time. Um, There's nothing wrong with technology when used properly, right? We're using technology right now. Nothing wrong with using it that way. You listen to my podcast every week, if you do. Uh, use technology to do that. Uh, using technology right now, you know, wireless uh, things that I'm sure, you know, preachers 30 years ago wish they had, you know, that worked this well. Praise God for that. There's nothing wrong with technology. I am not anti-technology. I was a computer science minor in college, okay? So I'm not anti-technology. However, technology is taking a toll in our society and in our churches, in the area of time. And we're going to examine that today. But in Joel chapter 2, if we could stand together out of respect for the ring of the word of God, we're going to look at verses 21 through 26. And if the time has been lost, we know we're to redeem the time. We're going to see that in just a minute. Redeem means to save from loss. We know that verse very, very well. But also we see here in Joel chapter 2, this is a promise to Israel, that when they come back to him, that he will restore lost time. And this morning, the purpose of this message isn't to sit here and condemn those of you that maybe are wasting time because I can waste time just along with everybody else, and I have. And this is the problem, though, is that many times we look at it, yes, it's a problem, but do we have a plan to redeem time, to restore the time that God God has given us? How do we save it from loss? So verse number 21 in Joel chapter 2, verse number 21, Fear not, O land, be glad and rejoice, for the Lord will do great things. Be not afraid, ye beasts of the field, for the pastures of the wilderness do spring for the tree beareth her fruit, the fig tree, the vine do yield their strength. Be glad then, ye children of Zion, and rejoice in the Lord your God, for he hath given you the former rain moderately, and he will cause to come down for you the rain, the former rain, and the latter rain in the first month. And the floor shall be full of wheat, and the fats shall overflow with wine and oil. And I will restore to you the years that the locust hath eaten, the canker worm and the caterpillar and the palmer worm, my great army which I set among you, and ye shall eat in plenty and be satisfied and praise the name of the Lord your God 
that hath dealt wondrously with you, and my people shall never be ashamed. Let's pray. Dear Father, I pray that you will bless our time together in your word. I pray that you would guide us as we go into this area of time. And Lord, it's so easy for time to be stolen away from us. We pray, Lord, that we would recognize it today and that we would restore that time to its rightful place in your hands. I pray your blessing that you would guide and direct and help us this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Is it okay, Pastor? I read, I understood the passage you just read, but what does that have to do with what we're talking about today? What does that have to do with time? Well, to be honest, if we are in such a rush and that we are forgetting to do things and that, or we are neglecting to do spiritual exercises such as spending time with God or ministering uh, in different areas or not taking time in our relationships with our family, uh, we can, what can begin to happen is our relationships become unfruitful. Uh, they become dry. Uh, they become strained. Our relationship with God becomes unfruitful. Our ministering becomes unfruitful. And we see that there is a pressure. There is not the, the blessing of God on our life because God tells us throughout the scriptures that time is a precious commodity. We're going to look at those in just a moment, those verses. Uh, but that time, and if we waste it, that what we are doing, God, time is a gift that God gives us, and we must view it that way. And when we waste it on ourselves, which is what we do in America today, is we waste time on me, on myself, and we waste it right here, the smartphone. Uh, and we're going to get into some statistics here. And actually, I have PowerPoint this morning, okay? We're going to get to that in just a minute. But in a t- message entitled, we didn't know. To be honest, most people don't know how much time they waste and how that time adds up over days, weeks, months, and years. By the way, when I'm going to show you when you add it up into years, you're going to be astounded at how much time even just a few hours a day can build up to. But this morning, first let's look at, can we have the verse slide please, Brother Co? Uh, what the Bible says about time. What the Bible says about time. We got some references here that we're going to go through quickly. The Bible says a lot about time. The first being James 4, 14. Whereas you know not what shall be on the morrow, for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time, then vanisheth away. In the grand scheme of centuries and millennia and decades and of eternity, our life is but a brief moment in time. Uh, we live at, at the, you know, I think the average lifespan is 73.6 years, something like that, or maybe it's up to like 75 years old. Uh, you know, some of you are past the, the average, praise God for that. Uh, but you know what, it seems like, but you all can say, you know, it doesn't seem that so long ago. I was getting married, I was having children, and these things, now it's, life has just gone, it started accelerating. Young people think life goes by so slowly. Wait until you hit your 20s and 30s, especially when you hit 30, it starts really flying. You know, it seems like yesterday I turned 30. Now I'm 35. I'm going to be 40 uh, in another four and a half years. And you know, that time is flying. And, it, and you read this, and every time I read it, so oh, isn't this the truth? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time, then vanisheth away. It's brief. And God has given that brief period of time. You know, we're not like Methuselah that living 900 and some years. You know, sometimes we wish we could live that long. Can you imagine living that long? 
I can't, I mean, it doesn't even compute that someone would live that long, you know, Adam living as long as he did. But now we're limited to our time on this earth. We're limited. A brief fraction, a moment of time. And I'm sorry, uh, if you're waiting on technology to, and, and medical advances to live forever, God says it is, uh, it is appointed unto man once to die. No matter what technology and medical science does, you're going to die. Because that's the, that's the curse of God upon mankind for his sin. And no medical science can undo the curse. Amen? So don't be waiting around. Well, they're going to freeze me and do all these different things. And uh, people, uh, honestly, when people right at, either right before the moment of death or right after, there are companies that they, they freeze themselves until a time where medical science has progressed. There are people frozen right now that until medical uh, science has progressed that they can be woken up and healed of their sickness and live forever pretty much. How sad. I'm sorry, you can't get that time back. We have only a certain amount of time. Ephesians 5, 15 and 16. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. What's the next verse? Redeeming the time. Be wise with your time. Don't be foolish with your time because the days are evil. Isn't that the, isn't that the truth? Redeeming time, meaning receiving from loss. To redeem something, we're redeemed from sin. I mean, we are lost on our way to hell. We're to be lost in the pit of hell, but by the blood of Christ, we are redeemed. We are saved from loss. So what we have to do, we have to make conscious decisions to save time from loss. To save time from loss. Because every single day, we have decisions we make on how we spend our time. And when we make those decisions, are we doing it to the glory of God or are we putting it in a place where the devil wants it to be where it is lost? The devil wants you to waste your time. You're dead. The devil wants you to be less effective for God. Ecclesiastes 9.10 Whatsoever thy hand findeth to do, do it with thy might, for there is no work, nor device, nor knowledge, nor wisdom in the grave whither thou goest. I can do it tomorrow. I can do it next week. I can do it next year. When you're dead, you're dead. You can't do it anymore. And all of us are on our way there. Sooner or later. And many times we look at, well, it's coming later. We don't know how much time we have in this earth. Romans 13, 11, And that knowing the time, and now it is high time to awake out of sleep, for now is our salvation nearer than when we believed. Amen. Uh, that we need to wake out of sleep. For why? Why? Uh, I do believe that there is a large portion of America that is asleep to what is going on. By the way, what I'm about to talk to you about today is becoming more and more popular even in the secular world. Uh, they're recognizing there's a problem with how much time we're spending in our digital devices. There's become actually it's a growing movement of things. It's called digital minimalism. Well, you know what that is? Going back to a dumb phone, not having a smartphone. And is that possible in our day and age? Yes, it is, actually. It is possible to do. Uh, it's just, I mentioned this the other week. You know, we used to live without cell phones. Wasn't that a great time? Right? Some of you like, oh, some of you don't even have a frame of reference for that. But there was a time where there weren't any cell phones. Uh, cell phones are a great thing, right? They're wonderful. I mean, how many of you have a landline still? Didn't think so. Why? Because we all have cell phones. <laughs> uh, so, uh, and, uh, and it used to be when the power went out, you could still call somebody uh, because the landline was still on. But they, today, because we don't have need for one, right? I would, you know, I was taking the, the jacks out of Harvey Hall the, the, the other day. Why? Because we don't have landlines anymore. We don't need them. 
right? Just putting block off plates on there instead of uh, the old uh, phone jacks. And I was thinking about this. Can we even buy these anymore? I don't know if we can. Uh, probably can somewhere. On Amazon, you can probably buy them uh, if you need them. You know, some people, there's still landline service today. However, there is a growing movement even among the secular world to say, look, there's an issue here because people are becoming less productive, not more, because of time that is spent on these things. So let's look at the reality of our time. So Brother Cole, we're going to switch over to the PowerPoint presentation. If you could do that for me really quick, that would be wonderful. As we're t- going to switch over there. So I'm going to go through some, uh, some PowerPoint here. I got PowerPoint this morning and tonight. Okay, so you get double. And this is so much better that I have it on the screen in the back because I always kept turning back. I've got, actually, I think it's the second time since I did put the screen up there. Praise the Lord for that. All right. So uh, we didn't know. It's the title of the sermon today. We didn't know because I don't believe any of you in here really do know because when I'm going to break it down for when you quantify it, I will tell you this. It shocked me uh, because if, how many have an iPhone? Have an iPhone. Okay. How many have a screen time app? All right. How many of you use it? Okay, a couple of you use it. I use it, and you know what it does? It tells me every week how much time I've spent on my phone each week and which apps I used and different things like that. And, uh, you know, the average was when I added it up uh, over days and months and weeks, it overwhelmed me how much time I was wasting. I understand some of that time is used for church things, for messaging, for calling, and all of those things. But to be honest, we can use our phone for a lot of things to waste time. And that don't need to be uh, because I'm a, I'm an information addict. Okay, I like information. Uh, I like documentaries. Okay, I just love having my putting my earpiece in, and I'm not watching a video YouTube video, but I'm listening to information constantly, wanting information, listening to something all day long. Sometimes I listen to something almost all day long. Can I tell you something? When you do that, uh, it limits the amount of time God has to speak to you. Can I just tell you that. Uh, and so I was being a little transparent with you here. I had to realize some things and realize that over the last maybe two years, uh, adding it up, that time spent on my phone or my computer, adding it up and amounted to about 90 days out of a year. And that overwhelmed me. I said, how much? 90 days, that's three months of time wasted. And what I'm about to show you is what's average in America today. Now, this isn't time. This is separate from time spent messaging somebody or calling somebody or doing work-related things with your phone. This is just leisure time, the statistics I'm about to show you. So this morning, uh, the reality in our day, okay, the reality of time in our day, average in America. Now, we hear terms like this, like digital addiction, okay, digital addiction. Sorry, it's a little small. Uh, but digital addiction means this, a harmful dependence on digital media and devices such as smartphones, video games, and computers, okay? So harmful addiction, meaning that you cannot get up without looking at your phone. Can you get out of bed in the morning and not look at your phone? You feel a, feel a need. Some of you, wait, raise, I'm, I'm one of those people, praise the Lord, okay? No raise of hands here, okay? You don't need to raise your hands. But this, but how many of you can do that? But to be honest, how many of people have, feel the compulsion as soon as we get out of bed? We got to see if we miss something, okay? You do understand your phones are designed to be that way, right? So that you're connected to them. So you have a notification that comes up. You got to check your email. You got to check what's going on on Facebook, right? Well, we can possibly be addicted to this, especially 
uh, if it changes our patterns of behavior. That's, that's the definition of addiction. If it, you uh, intentionally change your behavior uh, to, in order to accommodate this, or video games, or TV, or whatever it is. Studies have found, this is interesting, uh, that a strong, there's a strong correlation between the use of digital media and other, they say disorders, okay, this is a secular definition, uh, but other disorders of depression and anxiety. Many people go to a device to relieve anxiety, but what they don't realize is that it's probably causing it. And so that is what's going on in that we have young people that are anxious all the time and when they're on the computer and, they're, and by the way, there's a thing that goes on with the blue light into your brain, what it does to your neurochemicals. There's a physical part, I'm not going to get into that, but there's also things that young children, you know, you see in the store, three to four years old, they have a smartphone, okay? I will tell you this, it's amazing to see this and this happened with all three of my younger children, okay? As my wife and I are using our cell phone or we have it sitting there, there is a mesmerizing effect this has on a baby like Luke oh man he will he'll crawl and scratch and bite to try and get to this more than anything else and you're like why is that well the same way because by the way and if you see children they well they like it let's give them a tablet you have the kids tablet you know $79 get your kids get a kids tablet can you know something it damages their brain it damages how they think it damages how they process information and it's amazing that kids, you know, there's a TV in the living or in the, in the waiting room or something like that. What are they all doing? You know, like that, you know, we, you know, kind of Orwellian, isn't it? A little bit. And we look at that and say, well, why is that going on? It's designed to be that way. Because the people that make the things on Cartoon Network, you know what they're doing that for? Oh, they want to entertain my kids. They want to make money. People that make apps do it to make money. Okay, so there's things, and Facebook is there to make money, or meta. The metaverse is scary, by the way, if you looked into that. That's a scary thing, basically making it a virtual reality all the time that people can live in and go to church even that way. Okay, the average adult today, so the average adult spends three hours and 15 minutes a day on social media on their phone. So this is beyond work. This is beyond anything else. So this is average of an adult, okay? So this is ages uh, 20 to 56 years old. This is an average. Younger ones might spend more. Older people might spend less. But the average is three hours and 15 minutes a day on social media, okay? Then uh, the average American spends one to four hours a day watching TV, which that, whether that be Netflix or Hulu or cable or whatever, Right, which has its own issues, okay? Um, which So you can make an average of two and a half hours there, right around, if you want to average the one to four hours there. And also the average American spends at least, at least one hour a day playing video games. When you look into it, it's more like three. Now this is per day. This is, by, this is averaged out seven day week per day. You know, some people don't play video games every day. They play them a couple times a week. They'll play them on Friday, but they play them for five hours, okay? So this is averaged out to one hour a day. And this is all publicly available information. Uh, so when you put it into Google, this is what pops up. So when we put it all together, uh, we get a rate around that we can average it up to seven hours a day total. This is beyond work, okay? This is beyond using it to call somebody or text somebody. This is just social media, TV, and video games, okay? So 
Also, this is something very interesting. On average, a person checks their phone 344 times a day. That's every four minutes. The, this is average, by the way. This isn't, uh, thankfully, I think my phone has about 80 picks up, pickups a day. So I felt pretty good about that when I saw the average person, okay? So, but at the same time, that's crazy. That should, by the way, if you're picking up your phone every four minutes, you're addicted. I'm sorry. Okay, if you're looking at your phone, ding, and by every time a notification comes up, you know, they have like 10 apps that give a notification all the time, and you're constantly picking up your phone. I think uh, on average people get 1,000 notifications a day sometimes, 900 to 1,000 notifications on their phone daily. This is the average, by the way. This is normal people, okay? So I don't have that, then you're not normal, okay? Praise God, we're not normal, right? Okay, uh, so this is, this is the normal person. So this is what the normal person in America deals with. This is why there's anxiety. This is why there's just I, burnout. This is what, what's going on in our country right now. And there's a great problem there, okay? So uh, here's another interesting one. 53% of people have never been without their phones for more than 24 hours in their life. And they have anxiety doing that. Ever felt anxious because you left your phone at home? I, I feel freedom. <laughs> yes, I left it at home. Okay, <laughs> you know, and uh, because that's how I grew up. I grew up without a phone. I didn't have a phone until I was almost 18. I had a smartphone. I think my first Blackberry I got when I was 19, 20. Okay, that wasn't really a smartphone. Okay, <laughs> but you know, you could text with it without having to do the, you know, one, two, three, four thing. Uh, okay, now that's an average adults. Okay. Now, let's look at this. So, let's add that time up a little bit, okay? So, here are the numbers. Now, this is just for entertainment. I'm going to repeat that. So, with the average of seven hours per day, all right? Uh, by the way, average uh, sleeping hours are eight hours and you're awake 16, okay? So, that's 16 hours of awake, eight hours of sleep. So, out of that, 44% of your day is taking up with that. If you do a 16-hour awake day and you're on there seven hours, that's 44% of your day, okay? That's 49 hours in a week, 42 hours if you're a good Christian and you don't do any on Sunday, okay? So, 40, let's say 49 hours a week on average. That is 8.2 days per month. That's over a week per month if you did that straight, 24 hours a day, 98 days per year. 98 days per year. It's a big deal. That's over three months. This is if you're doing it 24 hours a day nonstop. 98 days out of a year. Remember what I said, 44% of your time. This is average America today, and we wonder why we don't have any time. But 98 days. So in 10 years, how many days? That's 980 days. Three years out of ten. That's staggering. And this is what's going on. Now, this is just adults. Now, let's look at teenagers for a minute. Okay? This is where the real problem is here. Uh, seven hours and 22 minutes a day on their phone. That's the average teenager today in school. Seven hours, 22 minutes a day. Plus, uh, they spend nine hours a day on digital media, whether that be TV, video games, and whatever. That's nine hours a day. This is from age 13 to 20. Okay, now they're a teenager for seven years, right? So that's 63 hours a week. 
that's 56% of a day. You wonder why the teenager today can't work because they have a full-time job, over full-time job, spending it on their phone. That, I'm, truth, okay? Because if you work a 63-hour week, man, you're making some good money, right? You can't work a 63-hour job week because you have a full-time job on your phone. And you wonder why people want to be YouTube content creators, they can spend time on their phone. All right. So here we go. Uh, 126 days out of a year. Out of that seven years, they'll spend 2.4 of it on their phone or in digital media. Out of the entire time of their teen years, 2.4 years, 24 hours a day is spent in digital media. That's the average teenager day. Any kid that goes to Shoemaker or Allison or anything, that's what they do. Some even more than that. This is average. There's people that go to 10 and 12 hours. Then they're at that, but this is average. They're at that point, they're not considered, they're not considered, this is the crazy thing. They talk about digital addiction. This isn't considered being digitally addicted. Right? You're getting into like all your waking hours on the phone. You have anxiety attack if you have your phone taken away and things like that. That's crazy. There's a major problem. There's a major problem. The reality is this. We did the math last week. Who remembers what the daily, the average weekly hours we spend serving God? Who remembers? Anybody remember? We did this last week. Gabby. Right around right, right, 10 hours, right? 7 to 8. If you're a really good Christian, 10. A week. There's people that spend that in two days on their phone. Is there a problem there? That's not a day. That's seven to ten hours, eight to ten hours per week. That's about an hour a day. So we can say we're all sold out for God, but when digital media takes seven to eight times more time than we spend with God on a daily basis, are we really sold out for God? Are we really sold out to serve Him? It is those little moments, that two minutes here, that five minutes there, that add up. And you watch that video or that, you know, the thing, big thing now is TikTok. So you can waste more time let, trying to spy on you and all of these things. And you have, and by the way, uh, Facebook has a design that they have these little five-minute videos, right? Hey, it's only five minutes. You know, I don't have to sit there and watch a 30-minute video, 20-minute video. But before you know it, you've watched three of them, right? 15 minutes, gone. You know what, we have time. It used to be that when you had time in the grocery line, you know, if you're, they're waiting in the checkout line at Walmart or wherever, what are they doing? They're watching a video, a TikTok video or a short YouTube video or something for that five or six minutes. You know what you used to do? You used to get your scripture memory card out and memorize the word of God. Or you took that five or six minutes and you started witnessing to the person behind you. We have become a... Me-centric in my bubble, leave me alone. There isn't somebody my age that I have found very recently. I've not seen one person my age or my generation that doesn't have a headphone in. Now, because now that you people started mentioning it when you had two headphones in, now they only have one on the one side. They have one side or the right side. They have one AirPod in, right, so they can talk to you and different things like that. But you know what I found out? I'm not, I don't have very good hearing on this side, so I have it on this side. I can't hear what people are saying. A whole lot, so I had to take it out. So I stopped doing that. Why? Because it, I was like, you know, I'm just like everybody else. Just have to have listening to something, doing something. It's very easy to do. 
you know, audiobooks. You know, the big thing is, you know, audible, right? Audiobooks. Nothing wrong with audiobooks, okay? In moderation. Everything in, not done in moderation is bad. Right? If, and, uh, praise the Lord. I don't play games on my phone. You know why? I used to. But I used to, but I used to take over and I would sit there and sit there and sit there and sit there and play. So I got them off my phone. By the way, if something's taking your time, get rid of it. Amen? If something's taking your time, get rid of it. What can we do about this, though? What can we do about this? Say, okay, maybe I spend more. Uh, you don't really know how much time you spend in your phone. There's apps for Android that you can get that tell you how much time you're spending. iPhone has it built in. Turn your screen time on. Have, let it track what's on your devices, how much you spend, which apps you spend it in. And you can actually, you can in, in screen time, you can limit certain apps. And my internet access, I limit to 30 minutes a day. That's it. That's all I need. I don't need any more than that. So I'm like, well, I, I couldn't do that. You know, what, what do you need to do on the internet for more than 30 minutes a day on your phone? Not much. Let's just be honest here. You know, uh, how about your Facebook? How about you limit your Facebook to 30 minutes a day? Some of you might just die of withdrawal. Right? No, I can't do that. I encourage you to turn your screen time on. All iPhones, iPads have it. And turn it on and see how much time you're actually spending. It breaks it down. And you can actually put limits on, hey, when this happens, it also warns you. Also, there's a thing called uh, downtime that it shuts all your apps off after a certain time and turns it back on in the morning. So you're not up at 2 o'clock in the morning looking on stuff on your phone or playing with social media or playing the game. So my phone shuts down at 10 o'clock and starts up again. I can still call and text and set my alarm. But at 7 o'clock in the morning, it turns back on. Maybe that's how you can have some quiet time with God. In the morning, by your phone doesn't turn on. It doesn't do anything for you. You can put do not disturb on. But you know why? Why are they doing these things? Because this is a problem. Because there's a problem with young people. It's a problem with adults. It's a problem with everybody. We're getting too far into this that the internet runs our lives. Instead of it being a tool, it's become a master. And to be honest, that's what some of these companies intend. I'm sorry, this is what Mark Zuckerberg intends to be the Lord of your life. And he has said as much. He wants that. He wants everybody to use all his apps and run their life around all his stuff because it makes him trillions of dollars. Okay? So don't look at it. Oh, this is a friend and a tool. Yes, you can use it as a tool, but to be honest with you, let's just be honest here. You know, there's lots of reasons why we have Facebook. There's lots of reasons we have Instagram. By the way, the only reason you have Instagram is because many people, most, the majority reason, I'm not saying you are, but the most reason why people use it is they're stuck on themselves. Because Instagram influencers do what? Take pictures of who? Themselves. And do videos of themselves. So Instagram is based around pictures that have to do with you. Amen. Oh, well, I don't know. Yeah, it is. What about the people that take the landscapes? I'm not saying you can't lump everybody into the same boat, but the premise, what made it popular is that. You know, Snapchat, why do we use Snapchat? I don't know why anyone would use Snapchat that you can send someone a text and it disappears. Well, it's privacy. Why? Why does, why does your text have to disappear that you sent? Did you want anybody else to see it? Man. Right, there's some there's some Christian colleges and some churches that use social media way too much because there's detrimental effects to it. Facebook, well, we can talk to missionaries around the world. That's great. You can use WhatsApp for that, but you don't have all the other junk on there. Amen. Why well, use it to keep in contact with family? 
Can I just tell you something? If you can't pick up a phone and call somebody, then you have bigger problems. Let's be honest. We have used it as, oh, I don't have to have a real relationship with somebody. I can just watch what they do in the life by what they post on Twitter. Whether, uh, but I don't have to really know them. I don't really have to talk to them. I don't really have to write. You know what? It's an amazing thing. Do you know how we found out family news? People wrote my mom and dad letters. How do you remember that? Hey, they would write a letter like once every six months. Or every three months or sometimes once a month. Hey, I was thinking of you. They sat down and they wrote a letter. Right? Then email became that. We would get emails from people and different things like that. And to my mom's dying day, she never wanted to be on social media. She says it's all fake and not real. I'm thankful for that. You know, and to get to the point is, by the way, I was, I'll say this again. If you find yourself consistently discouraged, consistently hopeless in the condition of the world, consistently, is God really going to do something? Get off your social media and get off the news. Those are the two sources of that. Because when we see, because the news is mostly evil. How many times do you see a good, feel-good story on the news? Not very often. No, we just hear about how terrible the world's, how the world's falling apart. The God told us the world's going to fall apart. We don't need to read the news about that. (laughs) Things are going to wax worse and worse. Well, I just want to be in there and I want to minister to people. I want to understand the people I minister to and the problems and the struggles they have. No, you don't. If I did that as your pastor, I'd be in the nuthouse. I can't sit there and focus on everybody's negative problems. I can help you with them. I can preach on them, but I can't wallow in it. Because anybody that does that, you will find yourself depressed and discouraged. You don't have to know all the evil things the people you're ministering to, they're involved in. You don't have to know that. You don't have to know the evils of this culture to minister to this culture. You don't have to know. Amen. Be simple concerning evil. God has an answer to it all. And you going in, well, I just need to know and I need to understand. You won't understand that way. You can understand right here. Amen. Do we believe that or do we not? Because what we do is when we go and wallow in it, then we say, well, I know better than God. I can understand more than God tells me in his word. No, we can use the word of God. Take it from someone that's been there, done that, and been depressed. You can't wallow in people's problems. We're there to help people in their struggles. Amen. Be there for people. Be, have compassion. We should be there, but we cannot live out People's struggles in our lives. It's not healthy, but social media enables you to do that. It enables you to live there with them, to live down in the ditch with them. Don't do it. God's grace of restoration. Remember what our passage says. He will restore. He'll bring back. So I've wasted time. I've wasted time that God has given me. What do I do? Well, first of all, you need to set some limits and ask God to teach you how to restore that time, to restore it to usefulness. He will restore fruitfulness. He will restore his blessing, the rain, the blessing of God. He'll restore that. You won't have to be ashamed of the wasted time any longer. Amen. If we take steps, I don't need this in my life. I don't need to do this. I need to... uh, 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 pray about pray about how uh, you see it. Pray, ask God, how do I change this? How do we, if we want serious about this, and we're going to make some changes. 
We're not going to say, you know what? I need to limit my time on social media. Great. How are you going to do that? Are you accountable to your spouse or to a parent or to a friend? And do you have an app? There's an app for that, they say, right? There are apps that you can put limits on your phone of how much time you can physically spend. Because if you say in your mind, well, I'm just going to limit my time. No, you won't. You'll do it for the first day. But the the problem with these type of things is, is the time slips away. We don't realize it's slipping away that fast. That's That's the trouble. So you need an external person or you need an app to tell you, hey, you know what, the first day I had uh, that I was using my phone, or second day after I was, had that 30-minute limit on there, I got to say, five minutes, your 30 minutes is up. I'm like, no. What? No way, I've been here like five minutes. Now, you can ask my wife. I'm terrible with estimating time, okay? <laughs> when I'm doing a car project, as I'll be done in an hour, she goes, you'll be done in three. <laughs> Maybe two. And of course, and the times I have been done in one hour, yes, I rub it in. But, uh, but, the, but those things, but mostly that, that's a very rare occurrence, right? Uh, and you know, I, you know, hey, I'm going to fix the plumbing over there, you know, and uh, I'll, I'll have it done in two or three days. She goes, it'll be done in three weeks. Took four. But anyway, uh, so, you know, because things come up and, you know, weather and, and, and those things. You know, all of those things, all of those little moments, um, I pray that today, I pray that you see it now. The purpose of this message is to help us see it, see the time, see it, see it, so that we can put a guard up against it. When we don't see something, we can't put a guard up. And I understand we use technology to communicate and accomplish our business. There's nothing wrong with that. But what I've shown you today, once again, is just recreational use. But where is your heart? Matthew 6, 21, for where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. You know, the treasure of our money. You know, if we treasure our money, then we're going to live for money. We're going to, love to, we're going to live to make money and to spend money and all of that. Uh, for some, it's the treasure of our talent, right? We have talents and gifts, and we use them for either God or we use them for ourselves. The second, the, one of the most precious treasures is our time. Time spent with our families, time spent with our spouse, time spent with our kids, time spent at work, time spent with God and ministering. This time is so precious, and where you spend your resources is where your heart is. And if you're spending your time and bowing down and sacrificing it on the altar of Facebook, that's what you really love. You love how it makes you feel. You love what you can know and understand. But you're not really loving God. There are so many people that the Facebook, the idol of Facebook or the altar of Instagram or the altar, whatever, all the social media apps. I don't even know them all anymore. I'm glad I don't. But all the other, they have you bow down and get sacrificing your time at the altar of social media, on the altar of that. And you don't even realize it, that you're worshiping a false God instead of God himself. Well, I'm not doing that. I'm not, I'm, I'm not bowing down. I'm not getting out the drink offering and lighting up candles, burning incense. No, you're spending the time that God gave you. It's a precious commodity. You're wasting it there. Can it be used for a, a gift of God's glory? Sure. I'm, there's people on there that I'm sure people get saved as a result and all these different things. I understand that. But what I'm telling you this morning is let's be honest. We don't use it for that most of the time. We don't. Let's just be honest. We don't. So if we're not using it 
for anything that brings glory to God, then why do we have it? Before you get rid of it, let me ask you to do something. Spend one week without it. Spend one week without it. Spend one week without listening to an audio book and having a thing in your ear the whole time. Try one week. You'll be surprised what you miss and what you notice and how God speaks to your heart. You know, just riding in the vehicle, I always listen to music or I always listen to something and just sitting there, just driving, not listening to anything. I wasn't listening to music. I wasn't listening to a sermon. I was sitting there just driving. And the things you notice, then God speaks. But you know what? It's uncomfortable at first because you have to be stimulating your mind with something. You have to be doing something. It's really nerve-wracking. It's like, okay. You know what? And then at that moment, you know, maybe I do have a problem. Because if putting your phone down, you feel like you're missing something and you have that uneasy feeling, I, I don't know what to do with myself, you have that uneasy feeling, you have a problem. That's a sign of unhealthiness. It's an issue. And it was at that moment when I realized, I said, Lord, I've wasted too much time. Forgive me for that. I came and wept in this auditorium. I said, Lord, forgive me. I wasted time that you've given to me. I'm a minister of your gospel and I've wasted time. You know, someone that has a disease like I do, I don't have as much time as everybody else does. So time is an important thing to me. As I've wasted time with my kids, I've wasted time with my wife, I've wasted time in witnessing to people, I've wasted time to sin. It's wrong. Redeeming the time because the days are evil. And you know, don't you think the devil loves it when we waste the time God gave us? So this morning, is it worth it? Or is it a waste? Are we using our time for God or is it a waste? Where your heart is, is will give you that answer. But does your answer line up with God's word? Where's your heart supposed to be? To love the Lord thy God. Are you redeeming the time? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I pray that you will bless as we go into invitation time this morning. Lord, forgive us if we've wasted time. Maybe it's in another area that wasn't even mentioned today, but Lord, we know you've smitten our hearts, you've convicted us that it's a waste of time. And Lord, we know there are times of relaxation, there's times of, of fun. We understand that, Lord, you've built us that way. And there's nothing wrong with those things, but when entertainment and me time and leisure take over our schedules and take over and, wait and steal time away from you, steal time away from our families, steal time away from relationships. I pray, Lord, that we would realize it for what it is. It's sin. It's wrong. It's indulging the flesh. I pray, Lord, that we would, as the, your word says, to mortify the deeds of the flesh, to put them off. So I don't want it anymore. I pray that we repent of it, Lord, and that we would give it to you. Bless, we pray this invitation in Jesus' name. Amen.